Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 461 for the fifth of Adar in a regular year. If you've been following along the podcast over the past few days or so, maybe even over the past week, you may have noticed that we're in a section of the Tanya that isn't the most like happy-go-lucky, warm, fuzzy, feel-good, feeling kind of stuff that we've been learning. Uh, by contrast, there's been a lot of like, you know, rude awakenings, raw truths, the ultra are really breaking us down, making us realize who we really are, how flawed we are as human beings. And while we've talked about how, you know, this really shouldn't get us down and how this is really there to shake us up and all of that stuff. Nevertheless, this section today, this new chapter that we're going to be beginning, chapter 31 of Likutamar, this is where the ultra actually takes the opportunity to address this point, address the fact that uh, you know, as we've mentioned, sadness is never a good thing. And somebody might uh, listen to the past few days episodes, learn the chapter from yesterday, learn the past couple of chapters, and really start to get down on themselves, really start to feel like, wow, like a real loser, you know, like somebody like, look at all the sins I've did, or even if I haven't done any sins, am I really exerting myself as much as I should? Like it can kind of kind of feel kind of hopeless, you know, like there's this term in psychology, learned hopelessness, where you feel like no matter how much you try, no matter how much you strive, you're just never getting anywhere. You can never get out of your rut, which is kind of like what the ultra is kind of telling us is that you'll never be a tzaddik your whole life. Even if you struggle from today till tomorrow, you are stuck. You're still just the bag of bones. You have these desires, these desires for things that are against God, you know. So uh, so where does that leave us? How, you know, how we're like on the one hand, we're learning all of that. On the other hand, um, we know that we're supposed to serve God with joy. This is a very big precept. The ultra Rabbi himself spoke about this. So how do we do that? How, how can we? What are we supposed to do with this information? So that's what the ultra up is going to be uh, addressing today. And the angle that he's going to go about it is he's going to talk about how there's there are two emotions, which at first glance might appear to be very similar or identical, when in fact, they're very different. What are these two emotions? There's the emotion of sadness or depression, which have we, as we've already learned is never a good thing. Remember, we had that whole episode about how sadness is there's a heaviness that happens and being heavy. If you have a fighter, he could be the best boxer in the world. But if he's feeling sad, that's going to weigh him down and he's not going to be able to fight the, the opponent. If we want to f- win the war against Zariyat Sahara, we can't be sad. We can't have this heaviness overtake us. But uh, then there's this other emotion called bitterness. Bitterness 
does not have the same heaviness that sadness has. Bitterness has kind of like, there's like a dynamism to it. There's a, there's like a movement there. Like when somebody's feeling bitter, they feel like they're motivated to want to change. They're motivated to want to do something. It's, a, it's kind of like an angry emotion. Like when a person's feeling bitter, you know, like they start, like think about the last time that you felt bitter. It's, it feels very different than feeling despondent or depressed or sad, right? There's, a, there's like a movement for it. There's a motivation to to do something about it. And that's what the theme of today's episode is going to be all about, about how it is to now that we've, you know, gone through this whole process, hopefully, if you've been following along the past few episodes of really breaking yourself down and, you know, coming into the state of, of brokenness, rather than just like being in this broken place and being in a state of learned helplessness, to actually turn that brokenness to, to take all of those sad, low feelings and channel them into a place of bitterness, channel them into anger. You know, like, like an analogy that you might think about is let's say if you, um, if you, if you open up, we talked about, you know, checking our bank accounts on a daily basis. So imagine you open your bank account one day and you see that it's overdrawn, God forbid, by like, uh, $500. And the first thought that you have for yourself is, oh my gosh, what did I do? I bounced the check again. And, you know, I, I really need to make more money or whatever. And you just start feeling really low about yourself, especially if you've been struggling financially for the past while. But then you take another look at the bank account and then you start to realize, wait a second, this was not you. This isn't that you, uh, you know, that you overdrew it and, and you're just, you're such a loser that you're not making enough money. There was fraud on your accounts and you can see, you can identify who the fraud was, who it was that you did that. Those feelings of despondency, those feelings of kind of like helplessness that, you know, thinking of yourself as this low loser person is, are going to quickly switch and transform into anger and into bitterness over who did this to you, who stole $500 from you. And you're going to channel that to go after them most likely and get your money back. So that's the same idea here. So in this case, what happens is, is this is this whole thing of the, this dichotomous living that we have. We have our animal soul, we have our godly soul. And so whereas first we started from the place of the animal soul, this is like our ego. This is where we kind of identify for, uh, you know, kind of our day-to-day living kind of thing. But when we start to realize, when we start to realize that this identification that we have, this animal soul that we have is really flawed and really it's like, it's it's really taking you away from your ultimate purpose of, uh, of serving God, connecting with God. So yeah, that might make you feel low at first, but then what you need to do with that sadness, that feeling of low, lowness is to then go and, uh, and make it bitter and start to feel bitter towards these evil forces that are preventing your godly soul from manifesting itself. And when you feel that bitterness, then you can quickly then go and this can motivate you to change, to do something about it. You actually can feel empowered now to change. You realize you do not have to be a slave to the animal, to these evil forces. You can, you can take ownership. You can take agency over the situation. So that's the theme of today's episode. And so let's get into the text and see how the altar explains this. For context, we're beginning a new chapter today, chapter 31 of Likutam Marum. And the altar begins and he says that it may come to pass that if a person really meditates and contemplates at length about all of these things that we've been discussing, uh, meaning that and that we are very flawed people and not as great as we think we are and all of that stuff, this most likely will lead to a lowering of the spirit and a broken heart, as we discussed. 
And this may lead to a great sadness. And if this happens, then do not be concerned, the altar of us says. Because even though the sadness comes from Klipas Noga, as we discussed, so again, it comes from that, the like translucent type of klipa, klipa, but it is a klipa, and it doesn't come from holiness, so it's not coming from this like purely good place, because it, well, how do we know that it's not coming from holiness? Because about holiness, it says, Oz bimkomo. So that is a quote from Divrei Hayamim, chapter 16, verse 27, which literally means strength and, ga- and gladness are in his place. So meaning to say that in the side of holiness, there's only gladness, only good. Like sadness does not belong on the side of holiness. It's not from there. That's not the origin of where it's coming from. Uh, and there's also this idea that the Shechina, the divine indwelling, doesn't dwell unless in a place of, of happiness. So it only dwells in a place of happiness. And so too, when we talk about halacha, that, that there must be a certain joy. This is So this is explained in the Gemara in Shab- Masachat Shabbos, page 30b. That you need a certain type of joy when you're studying halacha. However, there is an exception to this, and this is and this is what the altar gets into here: is that if the sadness is coming from heavenly affairs, then yes, true, it is coming from klipas noga. But if you recall, within klipas noga, there was a spark of of good within, and that's what made it different than the other klipas. So it's coming from the spark of good that is in this klipas noga. However. It is klipa, right? So it's not it's not coming from kedusha. And then in in brackets, the altar rabbi says that this is why the Arizal taught that uh, even if a person is worried about sins, which seems to be a holy thing to do, there are specified times that we should do this. There should be during times of vidui of confession and not in a regular time of prayer or learning Torah, because then you should just be in a pure state of holiness and joy. Uh, but nevertheless, there is this idea that in order to fight this Sitra Akhar, this other side, we need to use its own tools against it. So even though it is coming from Klipos, since, or, or rather because it's coming from Klipa, because it's coming from Klipos Noga, we specifically need to use its own tools against it. So what does this mean? So for this, the El Charba brings two citations, both from the Gemara. The first one is, and I'm not going to attempt to read the Aramaic. I, I know Hebrew. I don't know Aramaic very well, but the translation is from the forest itself comes the handle for the axe. So uh, this is from Sanhedrin 39b. And this is what I mentioned in the beginning in the intro to this podcast today about this idea of how, yeah, if you think about it, what do you, what do we, how, what do we use to chop down trees in the forest we use an axe but how do we make an axe we make an axe out of the handle of the axe is made from a tree so it's like we're using the tree itself against it and then there's another quote also from the Gemara this time from Shabbos page 121b where it says that he encountered one of his own kind so it's again this idea that like it's really sometimes in order to fight an enemy you have to use its own tools against it and so then the ultra Rebbe brings up this idea of that, which is something which we had brought up previously. This is from Mishlei chapter 14, verse 23, where it says, that in every 
sadness, there should be a profit or an advantage. So meaning to say that, remember we spoke about this a few episodes ago, if you want to go back and listen to it, that the idea of sadness in its own right is not good. There's nothing good about sadness on its own. However, if we are able to use sadness in such a way that it, there is an advantage from it, there's, there is a way to redeem it. There is something to redeem the sadness if we use it or if we channel it properly. And so now the ultra epic gets a little bit into semantics here, which is really going to clarify a lot of what's going on about how on the one hand, it seems like sadness is bad, but on the other hand, sadness over holy things seems to be kind of good. So what's happening? So the ultra epic says that in truth, this idea of a broken heart and the bitterness of the soul on being far from the light of God and it being enclosed in the Sitra Ahra, in the other side, are not actually called sadness at all in, in the holy tongue. Because what is sadness? What is atzvos? That's the Hebrew word for sadness. Is when the person's heart is blocked like a rock and there is no life force in their heart at all. And however, bitterness and a broken heart is something totally different. It's not that the heart is blocked. It's that rather there is a lot of life and a lot of vitality in the heart in order to cause it to become bitter like that. So feeling bitter, like that embitterment kind of feeling is actually a sign of life. It's not It's not like real depression is like where if you ever, God forbid, you know, encountered somebody who was depressed or felt that way, there's, there's a lack of feeling. It's like kind of like this apathy or just no feeling versus a sense of bitterness. There is a lot of feeling. It's just that what is the feeling? The feeling, the ultra says, its vitality comes from the gvurus, comes from the severities, the, the holy severities. So give a little bit of context. We kind of brought this up before about how there's 10 uh, energy, spiritual energies that vitalize the entire world. And so one of these is the is gvura. Gvura is on the left side. It's often... Uh, translated as restraint or severity or whatever and it's it's a very important quality that's necessary and it it isn't necessarily a bad thing like we might think of like strictness or severity as a bad thing but it's not necessarily it can it can be used for a good thing so the the sense of bitterness what the ultra is teaching us actually is coming from a good place it's coming from the holy gvoras the holy severities Versus joy, on the other hand, comes from the chasadim. That's on the right side. This is the level, of the, the side of kindness or giving and like overflow, expansion. Because the heart is made up of both of these. So within the heart, we have both. We have the expansive part of ourselves and then we have the more restraining part of ourselves. And sometimes we need to arouse this aspect of the gvoras, of the holy gvoras, of the holy severities in order to sweeten the judgments which come from the side of the uh come from the animal soul and the yetsarhara and the evil inclination inclination when they are god forbid in rule like when they're starting to control the body because the only way in, we can sweeten these judgments is in their source in their root so yeah so basically so it's like if just to kind of like visualize that uh if a person's let's say if a person's uh Evil. We talked about this war that's constantly going on between the animal soul and the godly soul. And so then if a person's animal soul is starting to, God forbid, like kind of rule over them. So that animal soul is coming also from a more severe place. It's coming from this more harsh kind of place, but not in a holy way. And in order to 
break it, it needs to be uprooted from its source. So what's the source ultimately of these, uh, of the animal soul and of this kind of severe energy is in the holy severity. So it's like we want to go into the holy the energy of the severity and and knock it into into its place so it's sort of like if you think about let's say if you're teaching a class and there's a kid who is acting up in class so the best thing to do is not to go up to the kid at that moment and start being nice to them and like you know uh being kind and oh what is it that you want maybe we can talk about this and everything even though i know that's a very popular idea nowadays that we can kind of talk to criminals and (laughs) make them um feel good and and listen to them and appease their demands, this is not the Torah way and it's not really useful and it's not something very practical. What you would do in such a situation, if a kid is acting up in class, you have to go over to them and be somewhat severe and you need to kind of speak to them in their language and put them in their place, you know, maybe just knock some sense into them kind of thing. And so this is kind of what we're doing here is what we're talking about is that in order that the purpose of these holy severities, the holy Gvuras is in order to kind of knock sense and 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 fight against the uh, the the animal impulse that we have, and this is why the altar says that the sages taught that a person should always have their their yitzir tov their good inclination. It should be angry against the negative inclination. And a person can do this at any time. This is something that anybody can do at any time is they can arouse their good inclination against their evil inclination and and make it angry and feel bring up this anger against it. However, the most opportune time for most people, the Al-Jarabah teaches, is when a time when a person is feeling sad in any event. So if a person happens to be feeling sad, whether it's about worldly affairs or just for no reason at all. If a person, we have different moods. Sometimes we wake up and we're not in the best mood and we're just feeling sad for no reason. So the altar is teaching us, take advantage of that sadness. Don't let it go to waste. So if you are feeling sad, this is actually a very opportune time for you to transform this sadness in order uh, to to bitterness and to feel bitter about uh, about about your life and about how far you are from God and to come into this state of doing a self-accounting, so to speak. And this is a very opportune time to fulfill this idea of having your yitz, tov, uh, your, your good inclination get angry about your, your evil inclination. And through this, the altar rabbi says, this actually is going to help you eradicate the sadness over your worldly affairs. So there's sort of two things going on. So the altar is teaching us that first of all, if a person is feeling sad, this is an opportunity. So it's, he's sort of flipping it on his head. He's saying that, uh, that sadness could actually have a positive element to it. We've, we've thought about how sadness isn't really positive and it doesn't really have anything good about it. But the altar is saying it could be positive because we can use it as a tool. And if a person is feeling sad, this is a very opportune and auspicious time to take that sadness and turn it into bitterness and and turn it into this opportunity for self-reflection and self-growth that isn't always available to us in a regular manner. And now the second thing the altar is teaching us is not only this, not only is it just an opportune time to do this, but it actually through doing this, through taking your sadness and transforming it into bitterness this will actually eradicate the sadness and then tomorrow we will move on and we'll find out how this sadness how this process can actually transform the sadness into joy so stay tuned for that and we will continue with this chapter tomorrow i'll speak to you then 
Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast, hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Avraham Yitzhak ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.